Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Southeast Tech Podcast, hosted by Morris Manning and Martin Techlaw. This is your host, Kelly Kelly. Well, hello, this is John Yates, and I chair the technology practice of the law firm Morris Manning and Martin. And I'm very pleased today to be with Barry Etra. Barry is one of those very unique people in our community who has been a tremendous supporter of technology entrepreneurs and has also been an originator of many groups and organizations that have been huge supporters of the tech community. So Barry, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on. So Barry, I want to focus on a couple of key areas, but let's start out, first of all, give me a little bit of your background so that people know about where you came from, because it's a rich background that sort of leads right into what you're doing right now with the Race Forum and with Koretsu. So tell us a little bit brief background on Barry. So I was a manufacturing guy for a long time. I came down to Georgia to run a manufacturing plant south of Atlanta. And that was, uh, my joke is that it was an offer I could have refused, but it got us down here and we like it a lot. And I drifted sideways after that blew up into a couple of things. One of them was alternative finance and nonprofit debt finance. And as the recession hit in 2009, 2010, it became harder and harder to get any funding anywhere. And somebody said, why don't you get involved in the early stage world? Because you're doing the same thing there. You're matching up companies and investors. And I did that for a few months and I realized this is pretty much chaos. (laughs) Companies don't know the investors. The investors don't know the companies. There's no structured forum in which they can meet. And uh, of course, my consultant head kicked in. I said, I know how to fix this. And a couple of people saw it and said, that's great, but it didn't really have anywhere to go initially. And about now eight and a half years ago, I went to Emory to the guy who was the only perfect, the only one teaching entrepreneurship at Emory, Charlie Getz. And Charlie is a real world guy. Charlie is an amazing person. He started and sold nine companies before he ever taught a class. But I went to him and I said, look, you're a real world guy. I know you'll get this. That million to $5 million raise is where most of our companies go to die. Everywhere in the country, really, but New York, Boston, and Silicon Valley. We can fix that here doing this. And he got it immediately. It took us another 10 months to convince Emory. But we ran our first raise for him in November 2015. And we've just run our 12th. We run every six months. There's a course around it at Emory at the business school and where the students help out in the fall and do some of the uh, preliminary weeding out. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about how you moved into the RAISE Forum. And the RAISE Forum just occurred for this, this most recent session. So tell us a little bit about RAISE, why it's important for entrepreneurs, this recent event, and then you think you've got the next version kind of up in November. So walk us through it. So RAISE is a, an attempt to fund Southeast companies at higher levels with Southeast money. Very plain and simple. And everybody, every time you read something in the Atlanta Business Chronicle, it was all about, well, we don't have enough funds for our own companies. And I thought, gee, why isn't somebody doing something about it? So my theory was if we could fund Southeast companies at higher levels with Southeast money, companies would stay and a whole enterprise would grow. And I originally thought about doing that just for Atlanta. And then I realized, If I was looking at post-revenue companies, which we look at, there's not enough of a corpus in Atlanta, certainly wasn't at that time, at one time, to populate that. So we branched that out initially to 
Georgia and the five states that touched Georgia, because I wanted finalists to be able to drive in if necessary. And it became, it, it, there's a lot of education involved. I had to argue with a bunch of people from different states, uh, South Carolina and Florida and Tennessee, who kept saying, no, we only want to fund our own companies. And I said, okay, finally, I said, send them to us. We'll help you. And now we have people who recommend companies to us from all those states. And during COVID, we branched out since it's, nobody has to drive anywhere. We go as far north as Virginia and as far west as Louisiana. Wow. But that's the overriding thing. The overriding thing is let's fund more Southeast companies locally. So how does, tell us how it's organized, because I know you bring investors in, but there's some requirements there as well. The kind of investors you bring, the kind of companies you bring. Walk us through that process. So on the company side, you only have to be from the Southeast. You have to have some revenue. I don't care how much. And you have to be looking for at least a half a million in raise. So it's a pretty low bar there. On the investor side, we've said, basically, we only want the right people in the room. So you must be from the Southeast. You must be able to write a quarter of a million dollar check, although you don't have to write it. And you must be an active investor. And that was a more pressing issue when we were running them in these stadium-style classrooms at Emory. It's less of an issue in the virtual world. But this way, we can get right down to business because unless you're a member of our board or one of our sponsors, you're a presenter or an investor. That's it. And the, by far the largest group is the investors. We had uh, over 70 investors signed up for this last one. So Barry, is that what separates Raise from some of the other events then? The, the fact you bring in so many investors? Talk a little bit about what's the differentiator because obviously there's a lot of these events that go on out there and there's a lot of competition, especially in this virtual world, but you, you've done it a little differently also. Well, we are, we're also the only funding forum in the Southeast China. We're the only one specifically set up to fund companies. I think funding happens everywhere, but most of the time it's kind of a happy accident. If uh, Venture Atlanta is a great event, but it's kind of a giant meet and greet, there are really no imperatives. There's nobody has any pressure whatsoever to invest. I do stand up at Ray's and we throw in a couple of Phillips in the process that hopefully stimulate investment. But that's the key. If you're not focusing on that, yeah, you may get lucky, but you're not going to get a lot of investment as a potential at the or from people who are at the event. So that's what we do differently. We, we specifically state that. We're here to fund Southeast companies with Southeast money. I would say, I haven't found another one in the Southeast, frankly. So talk, us a, little, talk a little bit about the affiliation with Amory. You alluded to that and your, your connections there. You know, and when people think about entrepreneurship, you know, oftentimes they think about Georgia Tech first, but Emory's very involved in, in this area too. And they've been very supportive of you in the raise area, haven't they? Yeah, so Emory has really stepped up a lot. Uh, when we started, there was not much there, but they've hired a great VP of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, Amelia Schaffner. They have created a center for entrepreneurship and innovation. So they are hopefully going to catch up to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has an enormous head start. They do. But Emory comes at it from a different place. Emory comes at it from a life science space. Georgia Tech does too, but not. they don't have the, uh, the medical school and the hospital system. That supports that. So Emory is a tough character to nail down. They are <laughs> like many, like any university, they are widespread and they're siloed. 
So the med school doesn't know what the law school is doing and vice versa. But they have a tremendous amount of potential. Georgia Tech, as great as it is, is a public university. And all the money comes from state funds. So they have limited budgets. Emory also has limited budgets in a different way, but there are more opportunities there. From your perspective as well, Barry, when you think about raising capital now in the Southeast, and you just came out of the Raise Forum, what's the current climate? I mean, at the seed level and the, and the early venture level, is it easier now than it was the beginning of the pandemic? And do you think coming out of the pandemic that there's going to be a, a free flow of funds? What's your observation given what you've seen? Because you've got your finger on the pulse of a lot of this activity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this has this is growing and growing and growing. Five or six years ago, I mean, we're going to talk about Koretsu later, but if you had said to any Atlanta investor, oh, look, I want you to invest in this company, great CEO, great team, great product, et cetera, but they're going to three or four or five years from revenue, they would have given you a blank stare. That's (laughs) changing, but that's not really to your point. To your point, there's more and more money moving in here. More and more people, I'm constantly getting people who actually call and want to come to raise form as an investor. And I said, do you have an office down here? And I, they don't. And I said, well, when you do, talk to me. Because yes, you get, a lot of people invest in, in down here. Now, what, what you find now, the Angel Capital Association just came out with their report. The largest, the single largest area of investment in the country where investment is made is the Southeast. I would never have believed that possible, but the Southeast is number one, 22%. California was 17%. New England was 15%. But a lot of money is coming in here. People are understanding. And I think the fact that we are developing all these unicorns now out of Atlanta is helping a lot. And so tell us about Koretsu then. Shift over to Koretsu a moment and tell us a little bit what's going to be happening in the future there, because Koretsu was very successful, very successful in the Southeast. Tell us, first of all, What's the nature of the group? How big is it generally? And then why are we focused in the Southeast? So Koretsu is the largest and most active angel investment group in the world. And it's mostly a West Coast phenomenon. I knew about it because when I started Raise, I went around the country looking at models and I went there because I heard they were the best in the world. Koretsu is the total outlier in the angel investment. They do probably... 50 times the number of investments a year of the average angel group. They do, they are four times larger in dollars than the next largest angel group. And they have slowly moved across the East, across the country, starting in Silicon Valley. And they're great for our area for a couple of reasons. First, they're very, very active. And I think by the end of 2021, they will be the number one largest angel investor in dollars in the Southeast. Wow. Which is, uh, most people will never, don't know that, but it's, it's happening because I see what's going on. And we don't have a lot of large angel groups. Second thing is, Koretsu satisfies one of my criterion. They don't have a home base. No, if you get investment from Koretsu, you will never have to move. So that's wow. a very big deal for the Southeast, I think. And third, they can do a lot of investments. They are experts at life science investments, which to my mind are the hardest ones to do. Right. Well, that's an area too that we actually have a number of life science companies in the Southeast, but a dearth of capital there for sure. Right. There's no real (laughs) active 
life science venture group. Okay, there, there is one, but it's not particularly active. There's a smallish one in Chattanooga, there, and there are a couple, of, and once you get up in Tennessee, there are a couple there, but none of them, I think, are really active. I mean, I don't, they may not be anyone doing 10 investments a year. Wow. So that's a, a big deal. And if you think about who are the most active venture groups in Atlanta, there's Fulcrum, and there is BIP, now Panoramic, and, but even they are doing somewhere between 10 and 15 investments a year. Koretsu does hundreds. That's a big deal. So maybe a final question, Barry. Coming out of the pandemic, you're not going to you know, necessarily have to use Zoom again. What are you going to do with Koretsu? Is it going to be a face-to-face -face meeting? I know Morris Manny and Martin's been pleased to host many of the Koretsu events. Are you planning to do a hybrid? Are you going to stay Zoom? How should people understand Koretsu is going to exist post-pandemic? I am pretty sure we're going to end up with a hybrid model. We will not be able to. It's expensive to do a good hybrid meeting. We've had that at the at Philadelphia, Koretsu. It's been there for years. So that's already in place. The nice thing about Koretsu now, the Southeast and the um, Mid-Atlantic meetings are all run by one person, and they're a week apart. And you now have an option to go to one or the other or both. So if you cannot make uh, the Atlanta meeting in person, and you can come to the other meetings virtually, and you can go to it live because they have it monitored. And it's recorded. And I think that'll stay. One day, if we can gain a little more corpus in the Southeast, we'll have it down here as well. And we grew a lot in the last two months, a lot. Uh, so let me ask a final question, Barry. Right now, we're in a, a very sort of transitional phase with respect to the pandemic. Fingers crossed we come out of this, we get the vaccination rates up, we can take our masks off. Are you optimistic about the second half of the year and the ability to grow? Or do you think we're going to move into 2022 before we really sort of get to the next level? Or are you in a position where you're saying, look, people are, you know, it's going to be about the same or pessimistic? It's, I'm always interested in hearing folks like you who have their finger on the pulse about whether you, you know, are you thumbs up? Are you sort of neutral or are you thumbs down? I'm thumbs up. I think I really believe that we're coming out of this fairly soon. By the end of the third quarter, I think we'll go back to live meetings by then in proliferation. And I think there's a lot of people are realizing, you know, if the stock market weren't blowing the doors now, there'd be even more angel investment. And people are re realizing that it's a lot of opportunity. There are two or three really good groups now in Atlanta focusing on early, early stage companies that weren't there three years ago. That's a really good thing on the early side, which is, I think, probably the hardest side to do. And I think we've got a lot of momentum here. And I told you this before, I really believe Atlanta and the Southeast should be number four. Silicon Valley, New York, Boston, and Atlanta in the Southeast. We have all the ingredients. We're getting there. Well, Barry, I believe, I believe what you're saying. I agree with it. I think we are very close. Thanks to people like you who have driven so much activity, Koretsu, the Race Forum, connections with Emory, and also uh, let me just pat you on the back for your willingness, desire, and enthusiasm about working with other groups. I think one thing unique about Atlanta and the Southeast is people wanting to work together, and you've really helped to propagate that spirit of, of teamwork. So, Barry Etra, thanks for your great work. Thanks for what you're doing for the tech community and for being a part of the MMM Tech Law and Business Report. 
Okay, thanks, John. MMM is proud to host the SE Tech Podcast featuring technology companies in the Southeast. For more information, contact John Yates. His email address is jyates at mmmlaw.com. Also, be sure to visit mmmtechlaw.com for up-to-date information on tech law developments.